Hey there, everybody. I'm moving this piece of paper right here because I've been known to slip and fall off of stages. So if you've never seen it, look up White Rapper Epic Fail on YouTube. It's worth it. Um, glad that you guys are here with us this morning. Uh, we started up a new series last week called Keeping It 100. And really, it's about keeping it real, talking about, uh, talking about things in our financial lives. Uh, last week, we started about talking about 100% trust, putting 100% trust in God, um, taking a 100-day challenge to up our giving. Um, and today, we're going to be talking about putting 100% peace in God. And if I went around this room and I asked you, like, what is the most difficult thing that you've endured financially or that you've been through financially, uh, there's probably, there'd probably be tons of different kinds of stories. Some of you have probably been in the place where you've wondered where your next meal was coming from. Um, some of you probably maybe haven't been there, but you've had that feeling like, man, I, I worry about getting to that point. Uh, if you've been an adult for very long at all, you've probably had a few sleepless nights thinking about how, how am I going to get this paid for or that paid for. Uh, it's just kind of something that comes with the territory. We have, we have things in our lives that financially we can get a little bit worried at times and, and lose, kind of lose that feeling of peace. And I'll honestly, it kind of reminds me a little bit of driving a car without much gas in the north woods of Wisconsin. And I'm going to explain to you why that is. For those of you who, who aren't from rural areas, uh, maybe you were born and raised in Janesville and you lived here all your life, you've never had the question come up in your brain of how far away is the next gas station. But if you live in a rural area, that happens at times. There's a spot between, I grew up in Minocqua, three and a half hours north of here. There's a spot between Merrill and just, just a little bit before Minocqua where there's like 35 minutes straight where there is not a gas station off the side of the road. And so that can be a pretty scary situation if you are not prepared for it. Uh, that gas light comes on and I, there's this natural thing in me where a gas light comes on and my initial reaction is like, I gotta find a gas station. For you in Janesville, been raised here all the time, like, there's always a gas station. I can let that thing go until the very last little bit. Yeah, couple, this is like a couple years ago, uh, one of the kid's uh, parents came in on a Wednesday night and his car was coming in on fumes into Fox Hills. Literally fumes, I had to go drive him to a gas station. You guys just don't worry about it. But I worry about him in Auckland, and actually there's times though where I've been, um, where I, try to, I take it further than I should. I've been on the freeway before and that gas light comes on and I'm making really good time, and so I'm like, I'm not gonna stop right now. And, and you know you've got like two gallons left when the gas light comes on, so I'm thinking that's 40 to 50 miles. And I'll, I'll be coming up to a place, um, it says gas station on the next exit, and I'm, I'm getting there, and I don't see the gas station on the exit. And you know how that is, if you're making good time, you're like, mm-mm, I ain't stopping at that gas station because I wanna get in, get out, and go again. And so I pass this one by, and then I see a sign, no exit for seven miles. And now I'm like, oh. You're just nervous for the next seven miles, hoping that you get, that the next one's a quick trip, quick trip right off the highway. Because you know, a quick trip always makes you happier to stop at a gas station. There's something about quick trips. 39 cent bananas, I don't know. But there's those moments where I, oh man, I, I've just gone too, I've, I've gone too far. I've put myself in a bad situation and I'm not gonna be able to make it. And those moments remind me of kind of these peace-defying moments that I find in my finances. Am I gonna make it? 
Am I going to have enough to get me to my next destination in life? Did I make a stupid choice that's going to cost me and it's going to leave me without enough? I've never run out of gas before. Uh, I've always figured it's going to take a perfect storm for that to happen. Like my gas light's going to, I'm not going to notice it or it's going to be out completely or my gas gauge is going to be messed up or I'm going to be stuck out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I've always felt like it's going to take a perfect storm. But that doesn't mean that I haven't worried about that perfect storm coming, that, that the finances were going to go awful for me. And it's in our finances, it wouldn't even take a perfect storm of situations for most of us to, to get to where we're in kind of dire straits. It could be a furnace going out. It could be your engine and your car going out that would put you in a bad spot. I had, I had a Ford Escape one time that the engine conked out at me at 163,000 miles. I was like, come on. Maybe it's, maybe it's your kids going to college. Maybe it's just like, yeah, you're not going to college, kid. <laughs> Have fun. Maybe it's a, a medical emergency that comes up or your kids need braces. I'll be honest with you, I don't think kids need to have straight teeth. For what it costs, mm-mm. Kid, you're going to be crooked. Sorry. But it wouldn't take a perfect storm for most of us to, to be in a, in a rough spot. So how do we maintain peace in the midst of the storms that are around us? And I think even more to the point, how do we maintain peace when there's just the threat of all these storms around us? It, it could be financial, it could be relational, it could be anything. In the face of so many unknowns, how can we keep our minds and our heart at peace? How can I find that 100% peace in who God is? And so this morning, we're going to take a look, honestly, at just one verse for the most part today. And a lot of times, me and Eric, we like to take, um, we like to take more verses than just that, or we like to take a, a story in Scripture and, and use that to, to teach but this one verse that Jesus says, it, it comes out of John 16, 33. I think it just, it so magnifies this whole idea of peace that I, I think we can kind of just stick in this one verse today. He says in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I think he's saying so much about so many things in this verse. He's, he's talking about peace. He's talking about the very character and nature of who Jesus is. He's talking about uh, the troubles in this world that we're going to face, the stress that you and I are going to be under. But I think what he's trying to do is he's, Jesus is trying to show us, I think, one of the biggest concepts that we can come across in the Bible. And I think that concept is the fact that you and I, we live in two different worlds at the same time. We live in this one world where sometimes stuff just stinks. Life is difficult. Stuff is thrown at us. Trouble comes on us, and if it doesn't come on us, we find trouble ourselves. But then there's this other world where everything is at peace and at rest. And it's a world that we have to kind of search for a little bit more. It's a world that takes a little bit of maturity for us to see and to understand when we're in the midst of the storms that we go through. And I think it's, it's kind of like something that I'm always trying as a parent, I'm trying to help my kids see. I, want, I don't want to take my kids out of all the bad situations that they're in life exactly, but I want them to recognize in the midst of those things that there's something better out there. That they are, they're living smack dab in the middle of two worlds. And in one of those worlds, they can experience a lot of frustration, a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, a lot of difficulty. But in that other world, 
it truly is that they are completely at rest and at peace. Uh, it's, it's like we're living in two worlds at the same time simultaneously. And this actually, in, in the month of July, Eric and I were going to be preaching a sermon series called The Upside Down. And if you've watched this show, Stranger Things at all, you kind of know, you might have heard that term, the upside down. That show really kind of talks about how uh, we live in this physical world, but there's, all, there's also this other, and, and for Stranger Things, it's a, it's a, a fake supernatural kind of world, but they li there's this other world that has, is going on at the same time that has different rules. And so we're going to talk about the upside down kingdom in, in this series in July. But it really, I, I'm kind of getting into it already this morning as we're talking about peace. If I could explain it to you a little bit, um, I would use this story. My, my daughter, Cameron, uh, she has struggled with just kind of tummy issues all of her life. Uh, it, it's nothing super bad. That, that I think it's been diagnosed with, as IBS. Um, we've kind of figured out over time, there's certain foods she can eat, there's certain foods she can't eat. And, uh, but there's days where kind of, no matter what, there's days where there's just an immense amount of pain that she feels. Uh, I think it started from the time she was a baby. She was our colicky child. If you wonder why there's a bigger gap between child number two and child number three, <laughs> there was a colicky child in the middle there. But I think a lot of it, it was just, she was uncomfortable. Um, and as it's, it's super painful as a parent to watch your kid go through pain and know that you just, it's like you can't do anything to relieve that pain. It's frustrating. And there are days that go by where I feel like I'm the absolute worst dad in the world. Because there are days where I'm driving Cameron to school and I can just sense, man, she is not feeling good. It's not, it's one of those mornings. And I know I'm going to get her out of the car and she's, uh, when she starts feeling like that, like she wants to hold on to me and uh, me or her mom and doesn't want to let us go. And there's days where I just have to, I have to say, honey, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And I literally have to kind of push her along to go into school with tears. And it feels like the worst thing in the world. Uh, what I'm trying to do for Cameron in those painful moments is I'm trying to help her see that that momentary pain that she's experiencing, uh, it's a momentary thing. She's going to be okay. But on a bigger level, I'm trying to help her see that while you're going through this, there's this other side of your life that is, is completely at rest and completely at peace, but it's so hard to see an eternal spiritual side when you're going through difficult things in the physical. Until that pain subsides, it's tough to see that. But there, it truly is the thing that on another level, she is completely 100% fine. You see, Jesus actually holds a whole other dimension of our life that's outside of the physical. That's outside of the, 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 the financial or the relational. He holds this other dimension. And no matter how, how difficult things get in the immediate part of life, he promises us that there is peace. That in the midst of all the storm, we can experience what peace is. And, and that's the real beauty, I think, what John, Jesus is trying to say in John 16, 33. He's not saying, hey, Cameron, your pain is imagined. Cameron, if you would just do this or that, your pain is going to go away. He's not saying to me, Kellen, your financial struggles are imagined. If you would just do this or that, it's going to all go away. Instead, Jesus is saying, no, actually, the pain is incredibly real for you. Plain and simply, you are going to experience cruddy moments in life. You're going to have financial difficulties. Your finances are going to drop. Your health is going to fluctuate. 
You're going to be awful at your job some days. You're going to want to throw in the towel as a parent some days. But then he ends it in this verse by saying, it's okay. I have overcome the world. All that's okay because I've overcome the world. If I were standing in front of Jesus, there's a part of me that would want to be like, Jesus, what's that, what's that supposed to mean? What good does it do me if you've overcome the world and you haven't made things easier? What good is it that on this spiritual level you've made everything at peace, but I can't, I can't feel any of that on a day-to-day -day basis? And it wouldn't, it, wouldn't do me, it wouldn't do my daughter a whole lot of good if I just sent her, instead of sending her in that school, I would take her home every single time that she doesn't feel the best. And I wouldn't try to convince her that this pain, there's something good beyond all this pain. I'll be honest with you, it's, it's a little bit easier for me sometimes to send my kid into school not feeling the best. I'm probably a little bit guilty of like sending my kids in with infectious diseases at times. Because I used to always make fun of my dad. My, my dad was a softie. And my sister, there was this one year where my sister was like sick all year long. And she would call home. She was smart though. She would never call my mom because she knew what the answer would be. Like, no, get your butt back into school. My dad's like, oh yeah, of course I'll come and pick you up. Was she really sick? I don't know. She had to get her tonsils taken out that year. So maybe she was sick. I don't know. Uh, but but it, it's, it's, it probably helped me out. Like, but uh, yeah, I probably sent my kid into school with an infectious disease at times. Okay, so what? But it's tough to push. It's a tough place to be to try to push our children to help them see that, that they live in this world where pain exists, but there's this other awesome world that they exist in at the same time where God promises that everything is, everything is good. Jesus wants to help us see in our present troubles that that pain is so minor in comparison to what he has done on our behalf. That he's alleviated this trouble that is way more troublesome than physical pain or financial pain. But it takes a maturity for us to see this. In 2 Corinthians 4.17, Paul says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I want us to get to the place, I want my children to get to the place where they see that the things that they're struggling with today, what God has done for them far outweighs what they're struggling with right now. But it's hard to see that. It takes a mature aspect of looking at it. But I think Jesus has given us some really good wisdom in how we can decrease financial anxiety and how we can increase our feeling of peace in this world. What Jesus has overcome is bigger than the financial distress that you and I want to overcome. What Jesus has overcome is bigger than the relational stresses that you have. It's bigger than the physical stresses that you have. Whatever stress you have in your life, what Jesus has overcome, it's bigger. But I think the natural thing that we say when we hear that is, Cal, so what? Like, what good does that do me? What good does it do me that Jesus died and rose from the dead and I'm still stuck in a crappy situation? What good does all this spiritual stuff do me if I can't pay my bills? And actually, I'm going to be honest, I think sometimes that seems like a really fair thing, way for us to look at it. But I also think it's kind of a small way of thinking. We're all guilty of thinking in, a, in small ways at times. And I don't think we would actually let our kids look at life this way. You know, we tell our kids, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there for you. I'm, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to take care of you. And then stuff happens in our kids' lives and they're like, where were you there? 
why do I have to experience what I'm going through now? Why do I have to go through this sickness? And it's not like we just say to them, yeah, you're right, life stinks, I'm an awful parent. We say, you know what, I I'm going to try to protect you all the time, but I can't all the time. I love you, but you're going to go through things, and you know what? What you're going through is going to help you be better. It's going to help you be the person that God wants you to be. But it's funny how we don't always take that approach, that mature kind of approach, when it comes to our Heavenly Father. The truth is, peace can be found in the midst of our distress. Jesus said, in, the, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Now, the Greek word that Jesus uses there that's translated take heart, the Greek word is tharseo, tharseo. It's close to how it's said. If you want to look at how it's said, go Google it. Tharseo, okay? I'm not a Greek scholar. But the literal meaning here is to take courage or to be of good cheer. So he's saying, Jesus is literally saying, you are going to have troubles in this world, but be of good cheer. So I can, it's like this two worlds thing again. I can, I can have all this trouble, but I can still be a good cheer. How in the world can that happen? It's because Jesus, his kind of peace, it's an all-encompassing kind of peace. His peace that brings good cheer, it's from, it's from this other world. It's not this natural thing that we would experience in the natural world. It's a peace that's not based on a circumstance, but it's based on a being. It's based on Jesus himself. And a cheerful outlook on life only happens when we see the things in our life with Jesus in the background of it. Uh, I'm incredibly grateful that I, have, I had two parents that gave me encouragement in life. Yeah, we were really sarcastic, but we encouraged each other through that sarcasm. And I remember my parents, uh, you know, I could be up on a stage having to recite something that I memorized in front of people or giving a speech at a graduation. And I knew as long as I saw my parents out there, I could fail so miserably. They were still going to like me because I was a person who they had helped create and I was alive. Like, so it was going to be good. I could be running a cross-country meter playing basketball and not performing to the level I wanted to. And I see them out there and that brought me courage. That brought me cheer. Um, I, I still to this day, I don't like to do house projects by myself without my dad. It is not because my dad is some genius uh, house project kind of guy. When we do house projects, it is awful. Like, it is stressful the whole time. We changed the toilet one time. I wanted to die. We, you know, we'll, we'll be yelling at boards that won't fit into place like they're supposed to, or a, or a door that we took off like four minutes ago, and we're trying to put back on, and it's somehow, it, it's a different size door now. It's so obnoxious. But I also know that my dad has, has done these house projects. I've watched him do it all of his life, and they always seem to work out. And so no matter how much stress there is, as long as, my, as long as I see my dad in the picture helping me out with the house project, I'm like, oh, it's going to be okay. Things are going to work out. We don't have to eliminate the stress in our lives in order to feel peace. Doing a house project with my dad is super stressful, but I'm at peace knowing it's going gonna, it's gonna to get done. We don't have to eliminate the stress to be able to feel at peace. If all I do, though, is focus on what's causing me stress, I am going to be stressed out. But if I can, just like if I can see my dad helping me there, I'm going to have some peace. I can see Jesus in the picture, what's going on. There's a chance I'm going to be able to have peace. Uh, I went this last week, um, this is about a week and a half ago, I went to the Janesville School Forest thing. It's JSOL, Janesville School Outdoor 
living? I don't know. I have no clue what it's called. What? Outdoor lab. That makes even more sense. Yeah. So I went there with, with Cameron and her classmates and, and there were some other leaders, adults. And so I was put with like six or seven kids and we were just wandering around the, the trails there in the forest. And I absolutely love being in the forest. I am, I am not a hunter. You don't want to try to hunt with me. You'll probably get shot on accident. But I love being in the forest. I grew up in the middle of the forest. My, it was my house and then forest, just all around it. And so I love being in the forest. And at the end of the day, we ended up, my group teamed up with one other group. And uh, so there's, there's me, uh, one of Cameron's friend's moms, and, and like 12 or 13 kids, most of them all little girls. Because um, that's my life. I'm around little girls all the time. And we're going on this one trail, and we, we come to this one spot, and the kids are like, ooh, is that a trail? Can we go down that? And I look at it, and I'm like, mm, I don't think so. It was like a dried riverbed or something. But I, it looked more dangerous. So I'm like, heck, yeah, we can go down that. That's going to be awesome. And so we're, we're going down this trail for a little bit, and Cameron's friend, whose mom is, is also with us, she comes up to me. She's like, this is awesome. My mom is like, she's like overprotective. And she would never let us do this on her own. You're, you'll just let us do anything. And I was at this moment that I'm thinking, if these kids die, it's all my fault. <laughs> I guess it, it kind of comes into my head like that. And so like what happens in, a, in the forest often is we got to one point and all of a sudden like the, the, it just, this trail we're on just doesn't allow us to continue on. And so I'm thinking, okay, I know we can go back the way we came, but they've all seen that, that's boring. So I'm pretty sure the trail's up uh, above the hill ways. <laughs> Kids, wait here. I'm going to go look. And that's what I do. I go look. And I was right because my sense of direction is amazing. I am, I'm like Bear girls in the woods, people. If we'd have been out there long enough, I probably would have eaten squirrel droppings if I needed to for energy. Okay? <laughs> that would have been really gross. But we get up, and I see that the trail's up there, but the problem is we are now behind a barbed wired fence. I'm thinking, wait, that's no problem. We'll get through this. Well, let me just say, if it was just this other mom who was leading this group right now, I, I'm pretty sure she would have been stressed out. But she's actually, she stayed super calm. I don't know if she's just trying to stay super calm, but she was super calm, and I think part of it was she saw me up ahead, and she's like, Callan will figure it out. Like, it brought a little bit of peace to her. Now, did I figure it out? Yes. We got past that barbed wire fence. It was awesome. I bear grills it up. But it is, it is stress-inducing to be in a situation that you're not comfortable with. But when you have somebody who is confident that it's going to be fine, things don't look as scary. And when Jesus says, I have overcome the world, I now have this picture that no matter what I'm going through in life, Whatever stress I'm going through, financial stress, physical stress, whatever it is, if Jesus says, I've overcome the world, if I'm looking at him and I see him in the background of this picture that I'm going through, I can have confidence. I can have peace in the midst of stress. Doesn't mean that all the stress is necessarily gone, but I can have peace in the middle of it. Jesus has overcome the world. Just like my dad had overcome a bunch of projects at the house, growing up and I saw that just like I've gotten out of the woods plenty of times and that that mom was able to trust me that I'd get those 12 kids out I can look around and see that Jesus is Jesus has overcome the world he's gonna help me out he's gonna take care of things 
I don't just live in this present moment. I don't just live in my present stressor, the thing that's stressing me out. You see, Jesus has overcome my biggest need and your biggest need. And that biggest need is we have this spiritual need. We need to be reconciled to God. And sin has done this crazy thing with us. And we need reconciliation. And Jesus has overcome that. He has overcome the biggest thing that we needed to overcome in our lives. And because of that, I am at peace. Because of what Jesus did by dying and rising again. Now, practically speaking, I think there's also a few ways that we can, un we can save ourselves some undue stress by being good stewards with what God has given us. In other words, I think we can do some things to make this physical world less stressful for ourselves. Uh, last week, we talked about a part of that. Two ways I think that financially we can make our world less stressful is we can become givers and we can become savers. Again, we talked about the 100-day challenge of challenging ourselves to up our giving uh, a little bit over the next 100 days and see how God blesses us. And I said it last week, it's not a... It's not a 1% cash back thing that God does with us. You give me a certain amount of percent, I'm gonna give you a certain amount of cash back. It's not the way it is. But he's promised to bless us, whether that's a spiritual blessing, a physical blessing, a relational blessing, a financial blessing. He's proven to bless us. And that tells me that giving can literally become a stress reliever in my life. You ever think about that? Giving and allowing God to bless us in some way, it, giving can now become a stress reliever in my life. But I also think saving money can become a stress reliever in my life. Proverbs 21.20 says, The wise store up food and, cho and, and olive, choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. Proverbs 13.11, and this is kind of a, the miracle of compounding interest verse in the Bible. It says, Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. See, Jesus said in the verse we read today that you are going to have trouble. Financial doom is coming for every one of us in some way, shape, or form. Sorry to break it to you. But, oh, how much less that doom will stress us out if we have something in place for that time, if we're prepared for it. See, my goal is not to build a savings account so that I can trust in that savings account when trouble hits. My goal is to build a savings account so I won't be tempted to take my trust off of God when trouble hits. I don't want to have all my trust being, oh, I've got all this money saved away, so I'm going to be fine. I want my trust to be, God's going to take care of me. Yeah, I've got this to, to, to help me out, but ultimately that trust is still, it's still in God because God has given me these things. Part of the reason that we, we're not ready for these doomsday financial situations that come up is because all too often we attach our feelings of peace to the things that we tell ourselves we think we need. I buy more than I need because I think I need it. And what happens is I'm left with neither a feeling of peace because things can't give me peace, but I'm also left without this, this safeguard of a savings account. Saving money requires that I find my peace in God enough to know that I don't need more than I think I need because I have all that I need in Jesus. And then saving money also helps me to keep my faith in God because these natural stressors, financial stressors that come in, they don't hit me as hard. And I'm not tempted to, to, to question God's goodness as much. Jesus has overcome the world. 
He's promised that you can, in the midst of all this stuff going on, you can actually be in a place where you find cheer. But all these financial storms that we go through, they are nothing in comparison to a bigger storm that we all face. There is a storm of sin that every single one of us is under. And the Bible is clear that Jesus has done everything he can to take care of that, that storm of sin in our lives. He went to the cross, he died in our place, and he rose again to take away that, that incredibly huge storm that we face. There's no way that I could have come up with an answer for that storm, for all that sin. But Jesus is willing to do it. And if he's willing to do that, again, we live in these two worlds. If he's willing to set this one world, this eternal spiritual world at peace, I think he can set those other things in our lives at peace. And if we can see the peace that we've got over here on this side, I can look at the rest of this stuff and it doesn't look as big. But if we're, if we're keeping it 100, if we're keeping it real this morning, we can't get past the fact that there are times where we're going to be stressed out because of our finances. It's hard to be at rest with our thought life. There's so many questions. There's so many variables. There's going to be moments where I can't see how God is going to get me through. There will be moments where my trust is going to be at an all-time low of, God, how are you going to help me pay for these things that I'm supposed to pay for? There will be moments where I will fear that I can't give my kids everything that I've wanted to give my kids. But what I'm going to tell you that I think is more important is there's a savior who wants to give those kids that you are raising a life that's better than anything that money can buy. I think it's going to be more beneficial for my kids to see that all this stuff in this world over here, it can go as bad as it possibly can go. And they're still going to be okay because Jesus has this eternal spiritual world taken care of. That they don't need to have everything given to them over on this side. In fact, I don't want them to have everything given on this side. Because when everything is given to them on this side, so much of the time, we forget about this side. We forget about what Jesus actually, what peace is actually supposed to be all about. Peace is not about having everything easy in life. In this life, we are going to have troubles. But in those troubles, if I can see Jesus in the, in the background of that picture, it's going to be so much easier for me to have peace because he has already overcome the world. My peace ultimately rests in the fact that in eternal life, there is no troubles. And, and maybe that's where we're struggling to, to, to be at peace today. Maybe this is what we're struggling with, that I can't find peace in my present circumstances because my present circumstances seem more real and they seem more urgent than what eternity holds for me. I'm telling you, eternity is more, it, it, it just is more than our present. Do you have eternal peace with God at the forefront of your heart and your mind? Do you believe that God has granted you peace eternally? but you're still struggling to let that peace outweigh your daily struggles. Let's, let's try to do something today and let's, let's decide that I'm gonna, I wanna wake up every day and ask God to make sure that I allow eternity to outweigh my present. Let's, God, let's ask God to give us that peace that he's promised on this eternal front and to see that it means more than me having comfort in this daily thing that I've got going on. 
Can we 100% trust Jesus? Can we 100% find our peace in who Jesus is? Why don't you pray with me?